Welcome to Season 2, Episode 65 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got a familiar crew back. I got Matthew Aguilar. What up? Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And Connor Casey. What's up? So, we got to go all across the board today. Uh, our big headlining items are that we are going to be talking about The Boys, Season 2, first three episodes, and Marvel's The Avengers video game, or just Marvel's Avengers, I'm sorry, no the. Uh, Marvel's Avengers video game in full spoilers. So, at the end of the show, we're going to be doing full spoiler breakdowns of The Boys, kind of Season 2 kickoff, and Marvel's Avengers video game. But we got more to do along the way. We've got to talk a lot about what's going on in game, next-gen gaming as we've gotten some rumored big details for both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, and a new Xbox has entered the ring, sort of. So we're going to see that. Uh, fans are freaking out about another TV getting the axe in 2020, and this is a big show, so we got to talk about it. Uh, we're going to, again, we're going to review a bunch of stuff we've been kind of checking out. We've got to review what's going on over on HBO Max. There's a couple series we got to hit. And Connor's here, so you know it's wrestling time. We got to get into what's going on in WWE, AEW, like it's all going down. So, like I said, not a lot of intro. We got a lot of bases to cover today, so let's get to it. Right up front, the world of gaming. We've all been waiting to see how these next-gen consoles are going to shake out in the midst of the uh, year that is 2020 and the coronavirus pandemic. And we've been tracking this a lot of the way, and, you know, recently both – Xbox over the summer and PS5 had events to kind of let us know what's going down and show us some of the hardware that we are going to be seeing in case. And so now we're getting rumors about the stuff we all really want to know about exact release dates, what's it going to cost and what all that's about. And like I said, Xbox made it weird today because there's a, we basically have a Gabo moment. If you've ever seen that episode of the Simpsons, like we have a big Gabo moment with uh, this new Xbox that has come out that nobody can fully explain, but is here in stirring up things. So why don't we start there? Because I made I mean, it very vague and cryptic. Um, Matt, tell us about what the hell is Xbox Series S? Okay, so the Xbox Series S is the thing that like Microsoft had not really confirmed for now it feels like two years. Uh, it's been known as Project Lockhart. Uh, it's had a, a couple other names. here, Project yeah. Lockhart. I thought it was just something they were working on with Janelle at one point. I was just like. Yeah, that was my old band name. <laughs> I'm like, yes, what is going, sure. That's the biggest secret and that deal fell through. So then they had to make a whole new console. <laughs> that's, that's the real story here. Um, yeah, so this actually got leaked ahead of uh, schedule as it feels like all things do these days. Uh, and at like 3 a.m., Microsoft then came out and said, uh, well, actually, no, the first thing they did was reply to the tweet with like a perfect meme. <laughs> and then, then they were like, okay, well, we're just gonna spill the beans. So they released uh, the price point. Uh, it is essentially a less powerful and cheaper version of the Xbox Series X, which is their major next tentpole console. This supposedly what they are saying is like the most powerful console that'll be out there. So this one is going to be a way to get people who maybe can't afford that. We still don't know what the price of that one is, but the Series X, part of the marketing materials are you had poor? the price. Do you still want to play Xbox? <laughs> we got the thing for you. <laughs> oh my God. Series S. Okay, so <laughs> at at two ninety nine, man, twenty twenty been hard on you, but you still want to go next year? I mean, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Will it play oh, the same games? Oh my god! So most titles are expected to be like it, they're going to optimize them. So essentially, okay. they're making games with this in mind. They will not be as pretty. They will not, you know, run as smoothly or whatever. But this will be like it will be able to play a lot of those games. I'm not sure mm. if all, but it will be able to play a lot of those games. It is only $299, which is a pretty great price point. And I yeah. think the better thing is kind of alluding to Kofi's point is that, you know, this is a way to get people who maybe don't want to fork over that 400, 500, whatever. It does actually have like, you can completely finance this console. So, I mean, there's like a 25 or a 35 a month thing where you can like go in, not put down and like even the 299, it just finance the thing if you really want to get a console and don't maybe have all the funds at once. So they are really kind of leaning into this. Uh, the reports are kind of saying that this is going to be their big push. Um, and by the way, the S is really what stands for Scarlet. Most people have 
refer to it as that as Small. well. Um, but yeah, and the design is what the price point, it seems like it's going over quite well as far as the price point and like it's gold. The design is not going over so well. Um, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Like any console design is going to have its share of whatever. Um, but the black speaker looking thing is what I feel like most people are like, what, what is, what is that? But it looks like a a subwoofer right over here. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, it's like someone, a speaker or a fan. Like someone a made a really good sure it's a observation that like the most Microsoft consoles really like homage old school tech. And so this one is like essentially like a an old school like one speaker oh. boombox. Like it's but like it's got that kind of okay. vibe to it. Okay. Um, but there's but also a lot of people doing coloring that, they the need speaker. to say it. Like right. if, if that yeah. is what they're going yeah. for, you we need go to app, know. Full Apple with it, yeah. Color splashes. And yeah, everything. like and it needs an <laughs> yeah. and it needs an antenna. Like it needs the right. one antenna yes. that juts out. Pull yeah. it up. That'd if you're gonna great. do it, do it right. Yeah, do it right. Um, so that is the Xbox Series X. Uh, it is also going to come S- out S. along. You guys, sorry. Game, you keep oh missing. my god! I've corrected S. this mistake yes. on our site Xbox a couple times. Series S. This will come out. Again, the report says that it will come out. Uh, on November 10th, alongside the Series X. This, by the way, also boils down one of the biggest problems of this whole campaign, which is these stupid names. <laughs> they're so yeah. close. Uh, everybody keeps confusing because they're very easy to confuse. Uh, so that is the big news around this. Then another- Xbox small. Well, like just, oh my God, this whole series, <laughs> I, I understand it. I understand the big picture, like branding thing they're doing here. Right. Um, it still doesn't make it easy. I appreciate it too. Like as someone who yeah. is a multi a multi-console owner as well as a PC gamer, I appreciate this because if I can still get a lot of the same titles, uh, I this is something that I would definitely be looking at for myself. Listen, me as some as like one of two of one of the two people who bought one of those up converting DVD players for for a day, like this is right up my alley too. Um, you know. Yeah, well, and we'll kind of get to it in a minute with like the PS5 the stuff. Of consoles, I get it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, no, I'm just kidding. Like, the it, other, it's a good idea. The other big report is, well, okay, before I go into that, it's kind of like, remember when GameStop tried to do the credit card thing? It was kind of that idea, but instead yeah. of, hopefully this doesn't gouge you because GameStop's like, there will be some like, kind of gouging involved. Do they have like int- high yeah. interest or something? Oh my God, oh, yeah. the, the GameStop oh, wow. is terrible. Like, yeah, I mean, that's when that's, we worked come there. Come on, GameStop. They're my people. I love them over I there. I love them too. I, and I, <laughs> when I was working there, I had to pedal the credit card. Oh, and I no. felt terrible because I'm like, dude, this thing is, this rate is ridiculous. And like everyone felt uh, bad. Like it yeah. wasn't, you know, it's like, it's your job, but still. Um, and you knew so, better, yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving to the actual Xbox Series X, the report, they have not confirmed this, but the report there says that the price for that one will be $499. So if that's the case, then that's a great approach because you're looking at a 299 tier and then a 499 tier if you want the full experience. And that's not too bad. That's not that's not too shabby. I mean, for consoles, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, let's be honest too. Like every console starts out buggy. So if you're gonna get a buggy yeah. console, you might as well just invest. Like when they later when they make Xbox Series, we really fixed everything. Like then you can go back and buy that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I I tend to be like get in early and just ride the wave of whatever. Like I, I pretty much like pick a console and then I'm just gonna ride that for most of the generation. Uh, it's yeah. worked out so far I for me. I used to be like that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's I just... changed with PS4. Like I smartened up finally. I just sat back, waited for it to get all fixed. Some of the fan problems. Waited for a bundle where I got Last of Us, Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and if you, I did the same thing on that, that too. Yeah. Yeah, if you have the the fortitude to do that i i mean absolutely you should i don't I have that now. kind of willpower yeah, me neither. i don't I have can't. that kind of willpower. i have, no. to, I have I gotta to have i got to have it i got to have yeah. it now i got to have it now um, <laughs> so oh. moving over to the ps5 um again we don't have any hard facts from sony uh but a report by the wonderfully labeled website xboxygen that's just a great i just that's love so saying. good <laughs> uh they say the digital only ps5 will run at $500, while the standard PS5 will cost $600. I now, don't understand that. Now, here's the thing. There is a conflicting More report. hardware. Well, uh. there's a conflicting report that says, because uh, other reports come in that it would be, at 500 would be the standard. 
that would be the most powerful version and then the discless one would be 450. so right now what? there's kind of this war between we don't know which one Will but you're be... going to have to buy storage then because your every single game is going to be downloaded. I mean, is there going to be enough space on there? Well, so here's the thing. I, as someone who has a PS4 now and pretty much only plays digital stuff. So okay. right now, I mean, I buy a physical every so often, but it's rare. So, I'm such a physical person. The physical yeah, still I, take up space. No, yeah. The physical still take up space, but as someone who like gets has to download things on the regular and clean right. out his hard drive constantly because I have yeah. the original PS4 that didn't have a terabyte. I have the like 500 gig one. Yeah, so, no, I, still, I have I the still slim. Have, like, yeah, I have a mm -hmm. 500 gig, like, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's constant nothing. Tetris. Like, okay, oh, well, I gosh. need 40 gigs because I gotta so, do this. So you, constant so you, say, you say that, but I've got the pro with the terabyte and I still gotta go through every now and then and wow. clear stuff out. Which is crazy. Okay. No, but so, like I'm like I'm facing like I just got done Last of Us Part Two, but I might want to replay that, right? But I want to get into Jedi Fallen Order because I have had that yeah. land. Right. Now right. it's like, what am I canceling to make room for that? Yeah. Like, it, I'm like looking and at once you, you cancel it, is it gone forever? Like, no, you can. I mean, you can recover it, yeah, but it's right? just a pain in the butt. And you have your save yeah. files, so right. like you don't lose your progress. But yeah, it's that. But you're gonna have to thing. buy that extra storage, you know, component anyway. So it's well, like just have... pay fifty more dollars and get. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Yes, I'm going all digital. Forget. I, I, yeah, that's kind of how I feel at this yeah, point yeah. in time. I'm I get now. so rare. Uh, I, I'm so rare on physical copies that uh, I just also, by the Matt, way, just, you cannot go all digital because what happens when those game publishers go, you know what? Down with the servers. You no longer own that game. Ooh, I was yeah. just going to say you get to collect games and like cool it's little nifty also things that. like this. Also <laughs> the little knickknacks. But by here's that the time, thing. I'm not going to care. Like it's just not yes, a thing gathering dust in my, in my right. entertainment stand. It, yeah. it really comes down to what side of... Um, in your lifestyle. What kind of game? Yeah, what kind mm -hmm. of gamer and like collector are you? For me, and this even goes for comics, I don't have near the comics I used to. I sold a lot of them and just kept the ones I really, really, really want. I'm digital for the most part, and I just buy comics like physical when I can. Same way with games. Like, I don't hold on, even before this, like, I adore Final Fantasy VII, and like the PS1 copy, I had that for a bit. And then I like, traded it in for something else because i'm like i only yeah me too like i don't I hold on to those metal gear solid yeah, yeah but you can't trade in non-physical copies that's the whole point well, there's no resale to, but, but like, unless I yeah i don't do that anymore like yeah that, that's to me it's at. a lot simpler i do i have to defend my games constantly for my children i've almost completely different perspective here i'm gonna be getting there then i've had to recover and find them so i could like continue play because those fun games of hide and seek are awesome so like, yeah, I guess yeah. I'm going the, the parents the parents in this conversation are going digital, but the yeah. people that don't have kids. Right. Yeah, this is this is what right. <laughs> I was just trying to call attention to is like but even before once you have a, this, when the kids stuff start debating, you're like, you quickly are like, I'm not holding on to anything I anything that can break. <laughs> yeah. But even before this, like before becoming uh, a dad, like I just don't hang on to that stuff. I would always trade in a game. Like if you look at the way GameStop handles their trade-ins unless you trade it in within the first week to really 24 hours to the first week that is when you get the most trade value out of your game if you don't right. trade it in within that window or during a special promotion you get like three dollars yeah you get nothing <laughs> so there's so why am i gonna really trade this in like if i like again that much of this cute that's why i have dragon age inquisition i played that thing four times all the way through i don't need to keep it but it's literally two dollars i'm gonna get two bucks and I'm yeah. not keep i also it. <laughs> give my games to my friends like i will let my friends borrow or keep whatever my games and that's just something that i do it's like a nice yeah. way but my job is to play video games right so i get i have to buy them no matter what i might as well share the love you know yeah no but that's yeah. and that's great i just don't hang on to them yeah. so for me this was just i was always gonna go digital digital it was okay. just it was just kind of do you think that's unreasonable yeah. like get like money gap between like 450 digital no, 500 no you think it should be more bucks. I would yeah. rather it be, I feel like 100 it is where that needs to be. If it was 100, I would consider it. Now, Matt, here's, what, here's my question. If that, if that report that says that the physical disc version of the PS5 is 600, is this a big win for Xbox? Because now they're, they've got two tiered versions, one of which is going to be half of that. Mm. I think that is a great win for Xbox. If, if, if that's true, if it's that high price, 
Um, and regardless of what Sonia said about like, it's value, it's value, whatever. <laughs> Once people see the 299, uh, you're gonna get a, a big tier of people that will go into any place and go like, I need this console. They do not care like what the core is or the RAM or the space. They know that they want that particular console. We had it against stuff all the time. People just come in, I want the Xbox, whatever. They've mm -hmm. been told by somebody like, here's the one you get. So that 299 number is what they latch onto. And that is a right. huge deal because if you go, well, what about this one? Well, how much is it? It's $600 compared to three? No way. I mean, way. that's like, the Switch not... price, right? It I is, don't know yeah. what his current Switch is. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I guess, 300, that's, yeah. It's really competitive. That's, so that's awesome. A great, that's a great deal. Like, and honestly, I feel like that's also a great deal for people who are still going to buy the PS5 because I feel like regardless of price point, Right now, the PlayStation just has way better games coming and has a way more True. interesting lineup. I mean, a console is only so good as the things you can play on it. So, right. you know, if 299 is great, but I sit there and have to wait for Halo Infinite for the next year and I'm just waiting, <laughs> like it doesn't do me any good. Yeah. But I think for someone like me who's never really had a second console because I couldn't afford it. And in this case, that 299 number is like, okay, what if I did take a couple things to sell, maybe make a, make a big yeah. go of it? that might make that feasible for me to get a an Xbox so that when right. gears comes out or whatever, I can also play. So I think it's a win across the board for Microsoft. Like even if the PS five is competitively priced, but if it's 600, I think it's a great win. All right. And we got to wrap it here. This has gone on way too long. For <laughs> we're gamers, man. For theoretical stuff. So <laughs> let's move on and we're going to keep an eye on what's going on with these uh, price points. So, Real quick mention, we got to talk about the sad fact that the Venture Brothers has been canceled on Adult Swim uh, before season eight. It was kind of going around. There was heavy speculation and people were freaking out. And then it was confirmed that it was uh, canceled by the show creator. So let's just read the uh, statement. Jason uh, Public has said, uh, blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, it's true. Venture Brothers has been canceled. We got the highly disappointing news a few months ago while we were writing what would have been season eight. We thank you, our amazing fans, for 17 years of your kind and patient attention. And as always, we love you. Um, yeah, so people are freaking out. Uh, but of course, nothing's ever dead in the land of content right now. And it's already being speculated that uh, it could be picked up by HBO Max. And I mean, this could be it would be smart for HBO Max to do this if they could draw in that animation crowd yes. in a big way. And you've seen how well Netflix has done with that, kind of taking things from specifically even just Cartoon Network with things like Clone Wars or something like that, or in Slat, you know, and then putting it on streaming. It gave it like new life. So Venture Brothers would be a good get, get for HBO Max. But, um, you know, that sucks. Venture Brothers, I mean, it, it takes forever for Venture Brothers to come out. You know, it's been a long wait for those eight seasons. And, but it is worth it. It is one of, like, the funniest, most subversive animated series, you know, around. And so there are a lot of people bummed about this. And I guess it's cooled off enough or this just a new generation didn't come to it. But there hasn't been, they haven't made it easy to actually come to. So that's no surprise. Right. Like, I always, I always heard about this show like before I like started actually watching, I always heard about it. And then I was like, well, where is it? Like, where can I find it? Well, it's on this time at like, you know, like there were some that was like aired at like midnight or 11, <laughs> like 11 at night. I'm like, okay, I can't, you know, whatever. And then I always had a hard time like finding it. And I feel like what you just said with, I mean, look what Netflix did for you. It's a lifetime show like that. That's nuts. Right. I mean, they could totally do that for the show. Yeah. So I mean, Venture Brothers has too much of a cult, like a very, very dedicated, you know, not even cult anymore, but just following to, to really die. So I, I won't be surprised if, if somebody scoops this up. And HBO Max, like I said, they probably have the rights to it. And they, it, they need a good, like, kind of that cult animated vibe because they have South Park. And I've been watching South Park on there and stuff like that. And this would be a good next one to kind of throw on there. Absolutely. So uh, here we go. R.I.P. Venture Brothers. Here's hoping for a second life. Um, yeah. Happens all the time now. Yeah. Uh, over on this, we're just going to really touch before we break on HBO's The Val. Me and Matt have been uh, telling you to kind of keep an eye on that. 
the uh, story of the X and a, NXM cult or an X, what is it? Nexium, Nexium cult. Yeah. And I watched uh, the trailer today. Uh, wow, you're getting in on that HBO action uh, any way you can. Yep. YouTube, yeah, no. I swear, uh, I'm going. Oh, no, I think- don't start. No, I heard that it's coming. I heard that HBO Max is finally coming to the the Roku, but you still have to wait a little bit while they finish up negotiations. So we'll keep an eye on that. But um, the Val, yeah, this week it kept getting crazier, man. Like, man, Smallville, that was a wild place. Oof, you didn't know what was really geez. going on. Battlestar? Yeah, like, Battlestar, but Alice and Max specifically. Yeah. Like, this episode, you really get into like what the actual, underneath the self-help group, what the cult of like women things and how they kind of ha 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 made it just a thing about like titles like masters and slaves and how it was basically a pyramid scheme of human trafficking and kind of like recruiting and brainwashing women and having them, you know, perform sex acts. Can we touch on spoilers? Can we touch? I mean, this is all real life. This is like a struggle. Like, yeah. So, um, so like one, every intro to this like season is so like, it's just, I don't know what it is so weird and trippy and then it like just captures your attention like it's one of those shows like i i cannot turn away from like it's just it keeps you the whole way through but when they reveal and and i knew this ahead of time but like you know now that you have like proper context when you know all the ins and outs and you see the people's stories it's different and like when they reveal what the brand stands for and like the moment and like that they were in her house when they did it like all those little things I'm like oh my god like it's it's nuts. It's, it's, it's Hollywood, so man. Bugged out place. The more I'm in this industry. Oof. Like, yeah. Yeah. They were just having branding parties and branding women. And yeah, yeah, it's really, it's a really bugged out thing. So check out the Val because yeah, it is pretty nuts. Like this whole group and like what they were doing. So we're going to take a break, but when we come back, it's time for a deep dive and we got a lot to talk about. We got a new HBO Max original series. We got to get into Marvel's the Avenger, Marvel's Avengers video game, The Boys season two and everything wrestling, so stay tuned for all of that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. We are going to get into our deep dive. And like I said, we got to cover a lot of things today. So up first, I'm just going to do a quick kind of shout out to uh, the new HBO Max original series, Raised by Wolves. I uh, checked out, they kind of like the boys, they did a three episode kind of premiere burst for the first three episodes, about an hour each. Um, was I the only one to check this out? Yes, for me. Yeah, okay. The boys? No. No, 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 no. Oh, oh. Wolves. oh, yeah. Darn it. I know. Get on back. Roku. Back. Um, yeah, so Raised by Wolves is this new series. Uh, the first, the pilot is done by Ridley Scott. And it's kind of like, I feel, I was just kind of summing up my thoughts, but I feel like it's in Ridley Scott still in his weird uh, question of faith phase that kind of began around Prometheus and, you know. Ran into a brick wall in the Prometheus sequel. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, you know, to be fair with the death of his brother, Tony Scott and all that stuff. But um, yeah, he's been doing these things that kind of deal with, you know, you know, concepts of, god versus atheism and things like that and raised by wolves is is very much that discussion disguised as a sci-fi series and um what it's about is it's a mystery kind of thing so you start at the end of this war between androids and humanity and specifically humanity who had turned into this kind of religious sect kind of was turning back to this religious secular you know very kind of fundamentalism and uh, there was also a sect of atheists who broke from them. And it was about the fracture of basically humanity over this subject. And so there was a terrible war and it all went bad. And the atheists sent out a ship with two androids on it and six human embryos to a distant planet um, with a the theory that the androids could raise these human children. And it's about that, about what happens when they land and 
how this process kind of goes wrong till it's down to just one child and the android parents. And you begin to learn more. And in the kickoff in the first episode is when these kind of virgin, these futuristic versions of what are essentially Templar Knights um, kind of discover this colony that these androids with their human child have, have been living on this planet. And it just begins this chain of events that get really crazy really fast because you begin to learn shades of the past and nothing is like what it seems like it is. Um, and it's, and it's pretty interesting. The first episode's a little slow cause it's very much just a kind of like a Gilligan's Island type deal and, or lost in space, like just the androids on the planet raising children and like what is going on here. Um, but by the second, then the second episode, it gets really twisted really quick because you begin to realize that people you thought like were this were, are not at all who they seem to be. And you like, you start to get these different intros of, and you're like, what is going on here? And then you realize, oh my God, like, okay, this is a much different context for like what's happening in this show. And it kind of continues to build like that episode by episode as it kind of widens out and shows you more about like what's going on. Like you figure out what these androids are and like what the backstory is. And it's pretty kind of horrific and like what is really lurking under the surface of this kind of, you know, nurturing child bearing, you know, raising specifically the mother is the most advanced one mother. Uh, father's kind of a service robot that kind of just takes care. Um, and so it's pretty interesting. It got more interesting. And like I said, it's very different. It's very kind of like uh, Tarsim Singh. It's not him at all, but it's like in that very kind of stylistic way that it's filmed and that kind of crazy Ridley Scott, like I said, kind of dealing with these themes and ideas about, you know, I mean, this actually outright comes out and it's just about like, you know, you shouldn't be praying or versus you should versus atheists. And so it's not like subtle. This is very pronounced kind of dealing with this. But um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And when you get into like kind of the combat and like, yeah, the androids and like what like mother is, is capable of doing and all this stuff, it's it's pretty intense and gory in some places. And so um, yeah, it's still a kind of unraveling mystery. And by the end of episode three, you figure out like there's more going on in this planet that they're on. There begin to be beasts that show up like these crazy freaky monsters. And there's suggestions that there might be societies still in like, you know, lurking under this planet and stuff. And so it's, it's a uh, pretty interesting. Um, I am watching wow. the trail. I just watched the trailer yeah. right now is, and it is amazing. Yeah. And that it's sounds... beautifully shot and like, wow. Really weird, but um, yeah, it's really heady sci-fi. You know, it's it's really sci-fi. Oh, it looks stuff. awesome. So this ain't like comic book sci-fi. This is like sci-fi sci-fi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to check that out, and so like yeah, it's by producer Aaron Guzikowski, who's done things. You know, I was gonna say he wrote Prisoners for uh, the Dennis Villanueva movie with uh, Hugh Jackman and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And so this is kind of, and he produced The Red Road, which was Jason Momoa's kind of uh, thing about uh, cops and stuff like that. So this is kind of a new voice, but it's interesting. And he's like another kind of Ridley Scott protege type. So, yeah. yeah, check it out. If it's on HBO Max, you're looking for something weird to watch right Director now. Director of Martian Gladiator Alien. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, it awesome. says it all right. Yeah. So, moving right along, let's talk about Marvel's Avengers. The game we've all been wondering about is finally here. Matt, you've been tracking this all along the way. Now that it's out, we are going to be talking full spoilers about kind of everything from the story campaign to the full scope of the game. Matt, take us through. You've been doing a lot of playthrough. How's Marvel's Avengers? Um, well, number one, you can check out, if you want more in-depth analysis, you can check out the full review on comicbook.com. I'm going to kind of keep things brief because I know we got a lot of things to get to. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of the things about this was, number one, the Captain America part was kind of the big mystery and like, you know, is he going to be playable? Of course he is, like those kinds of things. Um, and then how kind of this story and this narrative, we'd only seen pieces and a lot of people, especially in the beta had seen a lot of the destiny style gameplay, the co-op stuff, the war zones, but people were really interested to see if the story lived up. Uh, the story is fantastic. Uh, th there are some cinematic moments and sequences in here that are just like, if, if you played any of the Tomb Raider games from Crystal Dynamics, they are up to that quality. Like some of the, uh, character models and the mannerisms and the expression work, voice work is is stellar. There's especially a sequence between uh, when you first meet Tony 
uh, after like the five year gap and you first meet Tony, he's like living in this, in a, in a giant rundown ranch, but like that's essentially, he's living in an RV kind of in the middle of it. So it looks all posh from the outside and then like everything inside is rubble and it's just him in this little trailer. And there's this like great back and forth between him and Bruce Banner. And uh, it, he's one of my favorite, uh, Nolan North did the voice of Tony Stark. He's one of my favorite versions of this character. He did a fantastic job. And there's just a lot of emotion in this scene uh, between him and Banner. And you get that a lot. Like there's so many fun, like when all the Avengers first come together, it's a really cool battle and a really cool moment. But then like, you don't really get to savor it much because they're completely dysfunctional at this point. And that's why like Kamala is always being pushed as the thing that unites them. And she's, Sandra Saad is fantastic as this character. Is, is already my definitive version of this character. Um, so, I mean, the, the upcoming Disney Plus will have, I will already have a comparison in my head and I'm sure it's going to be great, but like, that's how good this performance is. So there's all these cool moments of like, they just, there's all this baggage and emotional baggage and Crystal Dynamics does a really good job of pointing that stuff out. Um, the ending sequence, when you finally get Cap, it's awesome. It's a, it's a, like, Captain America is one of the most fun characters to play in this game, period. Slinging the shield and like upgrading to the point where you can hit like eight people at a time with the shield as it bounces. And then he literally, when you kick your first shield and send it out again, <laughs> it feels so good. Um, so there's so many cool things about this game. The campaign is going to kind of dictate whether you're in this for the long haul or not. The campaign is about 12 hours um, if you don't complete like any of the kind of optional objectives that you find. If you do, you're looking at closer to like 13, 14 hours, but that's going to be the campaign. Now, after you unlock it and you get to like the after, there are like iconic story missions. Like each character has their own iconic mission. So that comes with a bit of story and it's kind of specialized to them. There are shield missions and inhuman missions that open up that again have kind of overarching story parts. So it's not like it's completely done, but there's not like, you're not going to have like a full on cutscene type thing like you do in the campaign. So once you get there, it's gonna be like, do I like the way this game feels? Do I like playing as these characters in a bunch of co-op stuff and going for loot and opening up different things? Like it's gonna really dictate that. Uh, I have, I kind of binged it so to speak uh, for review because I played a ton of it and then I played a bunch of the beta. But now I just play for fun. Like it still has me. I'm still going back and playing just to like, let me go ahead and level that up. And I want to unlock this skill. And he, they're just fun to play. So it's got me, but that's not going to be for everybody. And uh, the levels and the enemies need like fixing ASAP because they're just not enough of them. Like there's essentially three to four main areas in the game, aside from like one-off levels. Like there's a really cool end of, like end of the game level in New York. Like that's really cool, but like that's not something you can play in all the time. So like there's only really three major locations and then small locations in there. Um, and enemy wise, in the first hour and a half of the game, you're pretty much gonna see like everybody that you're gonna face. Like maybe two hours pushing it because there's one other faction that comes in later, but they're not used much. So it's really like that span. So if the game wants to be successful long-term and wants to keep that energy in, it needs to bring in new enemies. It needs to bring in new levels because that stuff is going to get, like I was already tired of certain levels before I even finished the campaign. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is going to get old real quick. So it needs that if it wants to continue. But it's really fun. It's, it's, it's a really fun time. So I mean, if you are a Marvel fan and you are kind of interested in this third person action uh, and you want a really cool cinematic story, this is a, a sure thing. How long you stick with it will kind of depend on what you're looking for. That's Marvel's Avengers. All right. That's Marvel's Avengers right there. You can read our full review and breakdowns on comicbook.com gaming. Let's get into the boys season two. So we've seen the first three episodes. Some on staff have seen more than that, but we're only talking about the first three uh, that have come out. The premiere episodes of the boys season two. And we're going to be talking full spoilers, boys season two, full spoilers. So if you don't want to hear that, I mean, I don't know why Run away. yet, but uh, go ahead and do that. <laughs> That's a good Monty Python reference. <laughs> yeah. So, boy, season two. Spoilers. Here we go. 
Um, yeah, so the boys season two, you guys kind of laid it out for us last time, kind of really nicely about like what season two was all about and what it was like. And we alluded to a lot of the things that are kind of shocking in this and, and we couldn't discuss. So now we can discuss some of them and in, in full. But um, I have to say, I mean, this could be kind of a grenade, but I, I kind of disagreed with Matt's view. Like I was kind of on the opposite end, Matt. Like um, I actually felt that uh, I'm going to get so roasted. Umbrella Academy, you mean? Yeah, that Umbrella okay. Academy was actually the stronger start for me. Oh, wow. And here's why. Hmm. Here's why. Before I get like more counseling people in my, in <laughs> coming at me online. Um, I liked both shows. I love both shows. Both. And I like two of both shows. Goes without saying, yeah. He, I felt like Umbrella Academy. I think there's this thing that happens in sophomore seasons with shows, especially shows that get popular, where you always have to worry about if they become a thing, and like if they become too kind of aware of their own selves as being a thing. And I feel like Umbrella Academy was kind of either it was long enough or the response was muted enough that it was just still kind of a story. Whereas The Boys was very much aware that it's now a thing, and like. It was just taking time to kind of just be the boys again before we like kind of get moving. So I felt like this three episode arc was kind of a slow start for me. Um, the whole first episode, just like waiting that whole time before you even get Butcher back at the end and kind of having doing that was not as engaging to me. I kind of found myself drifting off or having to go back and watch parts again. And interesting. Yeah. And I love Aya Cash as, as Stormfront. She's, so she's great. And the scene she's You're in awesome. is great. But um, it was just more like kind of just checking in and by the numbers with everybody. And I felt some things were just kind of like rushed in weird ways that I felt should have had more weight. That kind of just thing like A-Train coming back, like was just a very kind of sudden, like, oh, like we saw him and he's laid out and then like, oh, he's back in the room. Like, I'm all better now. Like, and yeah, now we're going to start this plot line. And it was just kind of like, that felt kind of contrived and rushed to me and but I liked it, but again, like, it was missing. It was kind of aware of itself, but at the same time holding back, like, the best bits as, like, a slow burn. Like, I felt like they, had, they knew they were doing three episodes, and so they built it as just one big kind of movie. Almost. I can see that. I, and, I, I can yeah. see that arc of the of, – because, like, by the third episode, Yeah, everything kind of – really, like, really the pace changes, like, rapidly in the third episode. The right. second episode's, That's, like, kind of – you know, it has stuff about, like – Karen Fukunhara's like character, I think I just yeah. butchered her name, but like Kamiko, uh, yeah, Kamiko and like her Kimiko. brother and like all that stuff. And so, and then by third episode, it's like okay, now we're just getting back into the mayhem again with the whale yeah. sequence. So, oh, that's great! Stormfront and yeah. you know that whole sequence and the but see. That's what I loved about the first episode is that it that it didn't do that. I thought that's why I actually liked it because I felt like if you bring Butcher back right at the beginning. It's just like always. And that's what I didn't like about Umbrella Academy. It was the same. It, we're repeating the same things. Yes, we're doing different things, but we're repeating the same cycle right off the bat. And what I liked about this one was that it forced you to take a look at Huey and Starlight and MM and them as kind of almost separate entities. There's a lot of dysfunctional stuff there, but it forced you to do that as opposed to just getting right back into all right, here's Billy. Like Huey's trying to be a leader. And he's failing miserably. And like Mother's Milk is like that whole sort of mentor thing starts there. But like, I liked that it was kind of different as opposed to just, that's why when he enters the picture, one, most people are going to hate his guts because at this point, you're like, you've abandoned your team. <laughs> Everybody kind of hates you. we knew where he was. Yeah. And so then why they so the of, audience isn't mad. But yeah, but the audience doesn't, I feel like there's a lot of people that he's one of those characters like you kind of love to hate because right. he's kind of a general jerk. He kind of sucks. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> sucks. As we really even learn in two in episode two, like really even cements <laughs> that like he's kind of a terrible person most yeah. of the time. Um, but like I kind of like that. But that's interesting because I I I liked it. I think for the same reason you didn't like it. Was yeah. That no, I mean, weird. yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of like uh, like I said, it was just kind of like a lot of stage setting for the season it was almost like i felt like season like the first episode's almost like a season 1.5 because like yes it's like, it's, i feel it's like the kind same of like way. an epilogue to everything that happened in season one and kind of setting up the real dilemma that would have been like okay season two like we're we're screwed now and like kind of doing that but i don't like the show i mean i'll be the first to admit i don't like the show nearly as much without carl urban as billy butcher on there like 
I don't like the, I don't like the boys kind of getting dramatic. It's not for me as kind yeah. of the deeper Huey and all that stuff. I was like, dude, I don't so, care. I, I'm going yeah. to jump off that, Kofi. This might be a grenade, but in the third episode when we think <laughs> that uh, Huey's about to die, I was kind of hoping it was going to happen because <laughs> three episodes in, he is the least interesting character in I this agree. entire season. Everybody else has something to do, and even the characters he's interacting with, like Butcher and like Starlight, That's they're all – there's so much more interesting stuff that they're doing. And if your excuse with him is, oh, he's the emotional center, he's the straight man, I'm like, Mother's Milk is right here, and he's doing a better job at that than he is. I think that's the point, though, is not that... Because, yeah, I feel like Mother's Milk is, like, the MVP of the season, personally, aside from Cash. But I feel like Mother's Milk is amazing in the season. But that's the whole point, though, of, like, Huey's... Like, the whole point is that Huey is kind of useless, like the whole point of those first three episodes yeah. and like right. urban and he knows uh, like, it. hammers it home. Yeah. Like yeah. he's even falling into sort of a depression. He wants to like, because he, yeah. he doesn't know where he like, that's the whole point. I feel like it, that's the point they're trying to drive. And whether you love that or not, or the execution is totally up to debate, but I'm just saying right. like, I feel like that's the actual point is that he doesn't have a purpose in this team. That's why butcher is always like, are you going to lead? What are you going to do? Like, you're not going to do anything because you can't do anything. Like, we're not going to send you to go tail someone. Like, it's going to be Frenchie. We're not going to send you. Like, there's all those things. And I, I like that. I feel like, yes, it is slow. I do feel like that gets a payoff later. But yeah, I, I, I can understand. I feel I like they dwell too much on certain things. Like the deep story. I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I don't have to see you do this trip on shrooms like i it can be something it can be shortened right like too much time is dedicated i do agree there by the way and too much time is dedicated to huey's breakdown i think so i i just i i want more story which i'm hoping for in the next few episodes which is what kofi said like i just feel like there's not much to hold on to but i still i still love it because the whale is just fabulous and that was an actual like prop that wasn't cgi which is unbelievable. Um, and I, I think that I like the violence and the gore and things like that. I just think they do such a good job with killing people. <laughs> but yes, the story is kind of like, I get it. You don't have to like force feed me. I'm, I'm smart enough to know what's happening. Don't drive these points home for like so long, like extended periods of time. I mean, so like, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. With I was gonna say, in the, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. Sorry. I was gonna say, and the thing is, like, it starts off on such a great front, like on such a great note, with a black noir sequence, which is like a great opening, and then even that character is just like gone, like for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Little bunny. Yeah. Little bunny makes me laugh. I'm so. <laughs> so sorry. Go ahead, Connor. I, I was gonna ask. Um, did I completely miss it, or they have they not addressed Stormfront's whole Nazi thing yet? Because. Other than like one comment about an Asian guy and her proclivity to murder black people in that last scene, uh, there was no that's, reference of kind of her. No, big that was thing kind of the, that was the reveal. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. that was the reveal that's, that she's that she's way more because she comes in on like I'm kind of the green Portland, like you know, all on that whole vibe, which they didn't know yeah. how how resonant that was probably going to be right about now. Um, but like, yeah, and then that's the first reveal that there's something else going on. And that's a whole thing in here. Like there, there is a whole, like there's a whole reason that they kind of go deeper on that. So it's not yet. This was just your first like taste of that. And then there's like a long thread of that coming to light. So yeah, it will, it will get addressed in like a big way, but yeah, like Kofi said, this was just like the first, like, Hey, this is a thing because a lot of people aren't going to know that. Which, by the way, like side note, I love that they put this actress who has the Nazi background. Um, she is part Jewish. Her father's side of the family is Jewish. Yeah, I was gonna I say, that. you might want to rephrase that. The way that came out was. I just think that's. I think that's kind of nice because. You mean the character has a Nazi background? And the, the character has a Nazi is, background. The the actress is, and yeah. I feel like her whole role yeah. in general, <laughs> yeah. because she's like a female playing a male role. I, I just feel like everything with her is kind of like an fu, <laughs> and I like that. Her I stuff with cool. Starlight is so good. It's so like her, good. Her, her, oh. so, yeah, her stuff with Starlight is so good. Um. 
what was I? That was I, something I was going to say, and I blanked, so go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> of my phrasing Kofi, of that. <laughs> Kofi, you and I, when the first season came out, we actually argued this on the show. And I wanted to bring this up again. At the very end of last season, or maybe it wasn't even on the show, it might have been The Office, uh, what it might have looked like was Butcher's wife had had an affair with Homelander, and that's why she's got the kid, and that's why she's in hiding. The show seemed to point towards my theory was that it was still a rape and that this was all one big cover-up and that she was in hiding trying to keep the child away from him. From yeah, what I mean, we saw in these first three episodes, are you more on my side now with that whole situation or what? That's, Becca is a big question mark for me because I can't really read it yet. Is that a, like, I thought that was, it's been pretty accepted that well, that was a rape and she kept it and that's why see, but we debated on this i thought yeah, it was it, rape. the ending made it Both unclear thought it was more yeah consensual. the last episode like we didn't yeah i thought it was consensual she didn't mean to get pregnant and she was in like embarrassed by this but had been kind of coerced into keeping this for what if you it's know, whatever Billy's purposes kid. of research or, or or whatever um like all that i now i'm leaning more towards your side but yeah, it, it's kind of like they haven't I, – I just want to see how they play this because it's kind of a weird character. She's kind of occupying this space where right. she's and, like – And the decision to scared, not give any like, answers. Yeah, she's scared, but she's not like traumatically scared, but she's scared of like what could happen. And I don't know. So um, I'm leaning more towards your side now. Um, I thought it was going to be like a more of a – I thought they were going to play it as more of an emotional gut punch to Butcher that she had kind of – done this and left him because there was a yeah. real suggestion in the last what kind of threw me was the the part where they kept showing that he was idealizing their relationship and that it wasn't as great as he kind of remembered it mm-hmm. um and that he wasn't like you know the perfect husband and stuff and they didn't have like the perfect marriage and so that was kind of what i thought they were gonna go for but it seems more towards your side i'll say um trying to tiptoe <laughs> but I will but I will say that that is addressed and that is addressed in a pretty affirmative way. Um the, the So ending... it isn't it is Billy's kid? <laughs> I still think it's Billy's kid. Uh, <laughs> and he was injected yeah, no. with the the solution and that's why he has the same powers as Homelander. There's a reason <laughs> to cast a blonde kid, I think. I yeah. know. Darn it. Fun. I mean, you're fun on Reddit threads, but I think that uh, <laughs> I think yeah. I think this one that part's kind of uh, showed up. But um yeah, no, I forgot and we debated that whole thing. Um, yeah, let's put it this way. Her and Homelander are definitely, like, not old happy flame. No. Like, right. Yeah, <laughs> that, that part's kind of apparent, yeah. Um, Good show. You want yeah. a fresca? No, thanks. Yeah, what is up with the fresca? <laughs> it was terrible. I thought it was going to be, like, laced with something. No, it's just, like, a cult thing. Oh, yeah, gosh. even we're like, I forget what episode we were on, but Anissa looks over at me. What's with the fresco? It's like, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's what like everybody's like, it's like, that's what I said when I first watched it. I was like, what the, what's with the fresco? Like, it's, it's just a thing. It's just, yeah, thing. It's just like that's a cult. Fun. I mean, that's like a cult thing. Like, yeah. Conditioning your behavior by it's getting responses to things fresco. and like, yeah, anyway. So that's the boys season two. Let us know what you thought at the hashtag comic book nation. We're going to move on to wrestling to close out the show. Matt and Connor, tell us, what is the wildest, latest stuff going down? AEW has stuff going down. WWE, NXT, tell us about it all. Are you guys going to talk anything about the like extra platforms that they're not allowed to be on anymore? Yes, we are. We are definitely oh, cool. going to talk about that. Guns. So yes. here's the thing. Since I was last on, like 20 things have dropped between Crazy. the two companies. So we're going to do this a little bit differently. I am going to go rapid fire with these stories. Matt, you are, Janelle, also, you are more than free to interject if you got any questions <laughs> or comments because I want to okay. get all this in so that I'm not constantly playing keep up whenever I show up on this show. <laughs> so starting off, uh, news broke that Brock Lesnar is technically a free agent right now with WWE. Uh, his merchandise has been pulled off of WWE's shop. His contract is expired except not really it doesn't really seem like he's actually going to go anywhere there was theories that he might go back to the ufc for one more fight let me tell you this right now guys you don't really want to see that he's in his 40s you do not want to see that man fight john jones he will get embarrassed um all signs really point to this guy coming back so don't get too excited about oh maybe he'll go somewhere else that's not really going to happen 
Uh, Roman Reigns is officially a heel. He is the Universal Champion. It is amazing. Uh, His stuff with Paul Heyman already is awesome. I like that Paul cut the promo almost fearful of Roman. Yeah, that was good. I'm I'm not. I'm not his advocate. I'm the special advisor, and he is very much in control. Even that part though was corny. That part was totally corny. But I don't care because it's Paul Heyman. He's like, this is my island, and I'm. This is a tribe. It's like, uh, uh-uh, no, come on. Paul Heyman can sell me on anything. Uh, he can make the corniest line sound. Okay. By the way, that's why I also don't necessarily care about Brock Lesnar coming back. Is because I don't want this to end. So no. the longer you keep Brock Lesnar gone, and let Heyman just kind of be devoted to Reigns. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they would take him away if Lesnar came back, but then he's splitting. So I'd rather him just be completely in Reigns' corner. Let's show up and get wrecked. Show up, break stuff, all those shirts. Like, I want them all. Let's just do that. That is, that is always a bullet they can eventually fire. Is exactly. Roman versus Brock with where's Paul Allegiance's lie. Um, I also like that they're booking him against Jay Uso, a family member for his first yeah. match. So Cement that a, whole, I'll take family down. This is very also, as like, someone who watches SmackDown every week, this is like the best. It, it's, been, it's been actually quite good. Last, it's a breath of fresh air because I actually bothered to watch the, this last week and it was really good. <laughs> Even the Otis stuff with the uh, the lunchbox and Morrison. It's good. He keeps the money in the bank contract. Like, this lunchbox. It's amazing. He's like, what are you keeping the briefcase? Oh, yeah. It's a, sand, it's a sandwich. But anyway, moving on to the thing Janelle asked about. So a letter got sent out reportedly last week telling wrestlers that they could not have relationships with third-party companies, specifically Twitch, YouTube, Cameo, TikTok, etc. There was a report AKA that... forms of income. Yeah, forms of income. Uh, there was reports that maybe Lana had something to do with this with the ads she's been putting on Instagram. Um, here's what <laughs> we now know about it. Don't tell me about that. Twi- Twitch and YouTube are fine. You just can't be under your wrestling name. You got to be under your real name. That much I can kind of get because they still have the freedom to make these other channels. They just have to use their real life name and, you know, persona around that. Yeah. WWE is trying to, I, my guess is they're trying to protect the intellectual property of the characters. Question. So there how, is no confusion. How long in between the announcement of you can't be on anything to, oh, wait, yeah, as long as you change your name, you can be on these two, two platforms. Three days? From the weekend days? to Monday. It was yeah, very sorry. interesting to see how certain people reacted to that. Like my girl, Paige. Yeah, I know. Her reaction was like, she, she I will not bow down. Yeah, she's well, like, I'm she going to stay here. She Soraya. did. She took care so. of business and she's like, I'm staying on this platform, whether or not. Like, she didn't yeah. care if, because yeah. she didn't know three days well, later that they were going to allow it. They, exactly. They and they some of the big ones her, only do their other name anyway. Like, Chugs is Adam mm-hmm. Cole, Cap Coda, right? Is Dakota up, Kai. Up, down, down. Austin yeah, Austin Creed. Creed like, like a lot of them just do it anyway. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the cameo stuff is where it really gets tossy, but. Yeah. The, the cameo, I have a feeling that WWE is going to try and this is a guess. This is not a report. They're going to try and tie, they're going to make some sort of deal with cameo where WWE gets a cut of the profits from cameo, but they also let the people use their, uh, their cameras, their sets, all the equipment so that the production value goes up, but also WWE gets a cut of it. That's my guess. Also, the price will go up. So those but, who have been trying to yeah. get the uh, 75 yeah. and 100 tier people, if WWE gets that, that's going to go. It's going to double. Bottom line is, if you are worried about your favorite wrestlers, Twitch channels going away, don't be. If yeah. anything, they're going to change their name. That's about it. Do you guys think this is uh, a move- good thing or a bad thing? Or do you think it's fair? Like, what are your thoughts on all of that? I think it could have been so much scarier because there were originally reports that WWE was claiming we don't, we not only own your ring name, we own the intellectual property to your actual name. Which is garbage because they're independent contractors. And no, you don't get to not provide all the things that come with a full-time employee and then also say you can't do things on the side. That's garbage. It shines the big old spotlight on the whole, these guys should not be considered independent contractors and what the company has been getting away with for a long time is kind of bogus. It's also wow. why Andrew Yang called him out of all people. Called out. Okay, anyway, cool. Moving on to the next thing. NXT might be moving off Wednesday nights. If you look at recent ratings where NXT and AEW are not competing against each other, it actually supports that theory because the ratings for both shows are doing a lot better. 
Kofi's losing his mind right now. Um, <laughs> I personally do not want this to happen because I think the fun of the two shows going head to head has actually been a lot of fun. I can see the business reason behind it. I can see why USA Network just goes, look, we don't care that you're fighting a different promotion with a different network. We just want the best ratings for our show. So yeah. we're going to move you to Tuesday. I can totally see that logic. I um, still kind of want to see them stay. I, That's just me. I love the idea of the Wednesday Night War. I also love the idea, though, of being able to actually see both shows. Because, like, we cover NXT and Dynamite same night. So you're covering Dynamite. Yeah, we might keep an eye on Twitter or see a thing or whatever, but we can't fully watch the other show because we're covering those shows. Mm -hmm. It is cool to then have a bunch of wrestling fans who are currently only watching AEW or who are only currently watching NXT be able to watch both in their entirety, and it really kind of benefits both. I mean, at this point, what is... To me, like, what is NXT going to do? Like, who are they going to bring in? They tried that kind of thing with, like, Charlotte and some other things that didn't really work. So who are they going to bring in that is going to just massively change the landscape of stuff? Like, unless AEW just, you know, crumbles underneath their own weight or something, like, th there's not going to be this massive shift. So why not take it to a different night, get better ratings, get more people to watch your show? Later on, if you want to take it back, go ahead, I guess. But, I mean, I don't. I understand it because I love the idea, but I just, I'm okay with shifting. The only, the only problem I have is that if it shifts, it's going to make my life a little harder on the work side. But you know what? From an overall standpoint, like, I don't see why they wouldn't at this point. Like, why and it's would gonna you make, it? It's going to make the discourse on Twitter even more insufferable because you're going to have the AEW fans that are obnoxious saying, hey, we won. And then you're going to have the WWE fans saying, no, you didn't win. We just left. It's like, that means it's a win. Those arguments yeah, are annoying yeah. now. Just wait until yeah. we think that somebody was actually a winner. That's going to be annoying. That's anyway, by the time this episode drops, we might have an NXT champion. We're not really sure. We thought we were going to say that last week. Ba -ba but then we had an hour-long four-man Iron Man match that ended in a tie. Now, Matthew, <laughs> you interviewed one of the participants in that match, Adam Cole, about yeah. this very thing. A lot of people hated this ending because they made him sit through an hour-long match just to get no winner. Adam defended this by saying that it was a cliffhanger. Where do you sit on that? Um, I, I get where he's coming from. I get the television angle of like, hey, we got to get you something to get you fed it. And in that respect, I can't say it didn't work. It totally worked. It got people like, oh my God, we're pissed about this. But one of the rules of WWE is that like, if they're not talking about it, that's the worst thing. If they're pissed at it, at least they're talking about it and they're actively pissed at it. So they want to tune into the next night to see the actual match. So I understand he makes sense in that regard. As a person who sat through 60 minutes <laughs> of a match and with, then got no the winner. In the corner the entire time, just to remind yes. you how long it's going. Yes, got no winner. Nah, I feel a little yeah. slighted and I feel with, like, with, okay, that was a bummer, man. Like that, there's no way that's not deflating. To me, that's deflating. There's got to be some other way to there, spice that up where you don't were, end up with that. There were absolutely ways around it with any other yeah. match. I would have been like, yeah, fine. No real winner. Have it again next week. But sure. the fact that you pointed out that this was an hour long match and made it an hour long. Yeah. That's going to piss Come people on. off. Y'all yeah. knew what you were setting yourself up for. You and I don't just... blame him for that, by the way. I mean, that's creative, oh, right? But like, fault. And it's not yeah. any of the guy's fault. It's the booking. Yeah, but yeah, um, I, I, I couldn't leave not deflated. Uh, last couple topics. Renee Young is definitely gone from WWE. She has said, don't count her out from leaving the wrestling world altogether. If she goes to AEW, cool. I bet it will be in a very part-time capacity because she's got bigger fish to fry elsewhere uh, and it sounds like it's going to start with fox sports so that could be interesting that makes more Fi sense finally moving on to all out matt hardy fell off a scissor lift smacked his head on concrete looked like he was knocked out for just about a minute but somehow the ringside doctor found that he was not concussed allowed him to continue the match I know this is a no-win situation. I know you are immediately put in a very tough spot if you're Tony Khan. You have to make a choice. Do I let this match continue or not? And relying on what your doctor says. Personally, I think the match should have been stopped no matter what. 
and have a rematch a few weeks down the road when we know this guy's okay because he spent the night in the hospital and checked the next morning. His wife's saying he's concussed. Yeah. The reports are coming out saying that he's not concussed. We're going to find out tomorrow what's, what's real. Yeah. This, I, was I, a bad, this was a bad situation all around. Well, I, I, yes, it's been a bad, it's been a bad feud. This, this thing has been poison <laughs> from I the like beginning. It so far. No, not from a storytelling perspective, from a practical perspective. Yes. Hardy almost got concussed from a chair. Then yeah. before this, Guevara's suspended because I mean, he's like, this Sammy whole, got a big old cut in the side of his head. This yeah. whole thing has been a cluster from the beginning. It's just some, some things don't work out. This is one of those. Like, despite their best efforts, this thing has just been like poison. Let's mm-hmm. put this to bed. I feel like that was a stupid spot to do. I, I it, get it Hardy will, will do if anything. They hadn't overshot the table. That was it. I understand, but like, Hardy didn't even be doing that stuff anymore. <laughs> like, I just, oh, there's no, man. And especially if you knew that, like, there's a reckless streak here and that there's not, they don't have good chemistry. So, no, why would you set yourself up to do that? Like, I blame Hardy on that as much as I blame Guevara because I mean, he knew, like, they set up the spot, right? So, again, like, that dude is stumbling later on. Like in Cannot, that match, could not stand up on his own power. No, right? There's the no way that's not a concussion. Like that's even a light one, but whatever. So I, I, yeah, I, I don't know how we get around that. But here's the thing: that happened pretty early in the show, and a lot of people were saying this is AEW's first bad pay per view. If you take out the Hardy situation, the rest of the show was actually pretty good, especially the women's match that came directly after it. Unfortunately, when you have this plopped right in the middle of it, it weighed the entire thing down mm-hmm. and wound up hurting the product overall. I still think there's a lot to be excited about, but this is something that, the, that they need to shake off. And I, I agree that that left a bad taste in people's mouths, so maybe people are being maybe a little more negative, but... Overall, yeah. I don't feel like this was a good show. Like, it was fine. I'll put it okay. at, at mediocre, but it was not. I mean, the I love the idea of the Britt Baker thing. That wasn't good. Like, that wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, that was, the, I'll give that circumstantial. She thought he was going to be, they thought she was going to be more healthy than she was. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's not reasons. I'm just saying as a, as a product, mm-hmm. it wasn't the most entertaining. I The women's match was good in spots, but man, I, I didn't. There, there was something, like, missing from that match. I don't know if it's, like, just, like, the fact that nothing feels like it hits. Like, the weight of those, like, I don't know what it was. It felt like they were almost off sync sometimes. I I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, the same for the Royale, the Casino, like that. Oh, my God, can oh, we talk yeah. about that? Oh, they still yeah. haven't figured out how to get those right, and they keep trying. And, it, and that uh, side all. Uh, that, nah, yeah. That was I mean, Missoula alum. Whoops. That was it was that rough. Was. Like there was some not it wasn't a bad pay-per-view, but it was just that like the tag match was just as good as I thought it'd be. Young Bucks and, and that, yeah, that was fantastic. Young was Bucks, great. Jurassic Express, and FTR Hangman and Omega. That was a good one and too. The story continued. Yeah. And so. we're getting heel the elite is broken up. That is the most interesting thing about this company right now, and I think they're gonna knock that part out of the park. Yeah. This whole thing was just Good anchored stuff. down by a really bad situation. One I agree that that could have been handled better. Yeah. But even if it had been stopped, that would have left a sour taste in people's mouths, I think. I agree. I think La- this was their first meh pay per view. Yeah. That, that is bad. fair. Moxley retained. We're getting Lance Archer next. If you haven't seen their match from Japan earlier this year, it's awesome. But after that's over with, give me Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. Those two are going to kill each other. and It'll be so much fun. That is it for the rapid fire, Kofi. Thank you so much for giving me the time. You sounded like a, a WWE announcer there. Yeah, <laughs> it was I mean, good. That's what he's, Matt's campaigning I'm available for campaigning bookings. for his like Twitch account. Kind of trying to get on WWE. <laughs> I'm just a launch pad for talent. You know, <laughs> I, accept, I accept my role. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in with us, as always. If you're just now getting into the show during our quarantine arc, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe or just listen in. I keep saying this RSS feed like that's still a thing. It's not still a thing. All right, so you can can listen in on comicbook.com or you can go to one of the many podcast listening platforms, which apparently the majority of you are doing these days. So we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Google Playlist, or you can tell an Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll get it going for you. If you want to chime in on anything we talked about, drop show topics, or just say what's up, you can always find us at the hashtag Comic Book Nation, and you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler on Twitch and all of the social media things. And you can find me at Connor Casey underscore CB on Twitter and Instagram. If you are liking Comic Book Nation, please go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Uh, eventually, when we get back in our offices, we have a merch closet that was filled for 2020 that we never got <laughs> to use. So we're going to be sending out a lot of t-shirts to everybody who sends us, uh, leaves us five-star reviews. And uh, we'll throw some shout-outs on the show. But at this point, it's gotten so big that we're just going to be sending out t-shirts. So if you want a t-shirt, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. And when we get back in the office, uh, we have a lot of debts to pay. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Thank you again for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Oops. Later.